0: You know, we should really have tubular bells in the studio so you can do that. because I used to love tubular bells, and it's just—it's so great to be back here. It really—I'm feeling a lot of love this morning, and uh, that's just in me, but
1: it could be incontinence. I don't know. So I just can't believe you're alive. I can't believe it's only been a week. It feels like four. I just—we thought (laughs) you—we thought you'd gone. I mean, I nearly (laughs) announced it.
0: (laughs) Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah. Actually, just, strangely enough, they did that on Golden Girls. You remember when they sort of announced her sort of demise to see who turned up to the funeral, and she was quite disappointed yeah,
1: the t- that, the, that
0: the eulogy wasn't I, as good yeah, as she was expecting.
1: So much I wanted to say to you, if you yeah. had shuffled all this mortal coil, like, "Where's your will?" <laughs> yes, and yes, yes. There was a lot of that going on
0: recently. A lot of people were saying to me, "Have you got Sono's address? So we can put it in your will." You know, and things like that. You was see the nice. story
1: actually in the. Um, In the newspapers last week, you might not have seen it because uh, you were obviously lazing on a lily pad somewhere, but... That, that, <laughs> on a lily cat. <laughs> there are millions and millions and millions of pounds of uh, unclaimed uh, uh, you know assets on people's wills because they're not oh, leaving their this... passwords. Yes, for their Have iTunes. You seen this, this, for all this, these this program.
0: Is it called Fortune Hunters or Air Hunters yeah. in the morning, where they go through the they find a will and then they go around. and They go, Did you know that you've actually got a distant relation? They make money out of you. They charge you a commission because yeah. my friend, his partner, uh, had an uncle he didn't know about. And they contacted him and said, listen, um, we think a relative of yours has passed away. Uh, There's only two of you who were alive to inherit his estate. And he said, oh, right, Um, how much is it worth? They said, well, there's a flat and some money. Yeah. You've got £190,000 because it turned out the uncle lived in this... Uh, house which was converted into flats, right? And he owned the bottom flats. They went round there, and I think that was worth about three hundred thousand. And then mm. there was cash, and other and so he got about hundred ninety thousand from somebody he never even knew about. Yeah, that's I'm hoping that some distant relative mm. of Auntie Enid owns a diamond
1: mine in South mm. Africa. <laughs> no, totally. Well, these are these are things like um, all of your bank passwords, all yes. your iTunes passwords, all of. them But then again, on, oh, on the flip God. side of that, if if someone were to say to me, you know. Steve has left you a little something uh, in his will, and it was your bony M collection or something. I'd be, I'd be really no, disappointed. I'll, I'll tell you now exactly what I'm going to leave you: well, the what?
0: entire contents of my cupboard upstairs, the chocolate department. Oh
1: no, I'm not yes, eating
0: chocolate. There are there are ten. Lint chocolate bunnies. <gasps> no, I can't a lot. believe. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's 16. I cannot believe they've been untouched still. Because I threatened murder if anybody touched. There's a whole <laughs> yeah. box of Cadbury's cream eggs. Oh, really? There's a whole bag you of sweets. I, I might
1: settle for that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I might, I might listen, if I, if, I, if I keel over. Well, but just out of interest, just between friends, having a yeah. chat, what is your flat worth? Is it paid off? Is there much of a mortgage left on it? Teeny tiny. Is there? Yeah. Little mortgage left. It was always tiny to start and with. And you can knock through, couldn't you, and everything and make it, you know, oh, add yes. value. You it. could make it a duplex if you knocked through Upstairs, oh, that's wonderful no. stuff. Honestly, I I, I really no. want to spend more time. You're a very dear friend of mine. I just want to make that clear yeah. now. Okay, push <laughs> Are
0: you? You're not. Is anybody else watching? The only
1: way is Essex.
0: No, I'm not. You seriously have to watch it. The second series is even worse than the first ones. I, d- I don't. Know. I mean, can seriously two women, Amy Childs and some creature called Gemma, who's as big as a whale, call each other babe, and their whole conversation is, you know, babe, and they talk like that, babe, and you think. How old are you, five or three, or are you just, you know, there's something the matter with you? And that's and the whole conversation. I mean, you couldn't have a discussion with her because she's too stupid. No, I, 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 I think it would upset me watching something. You have like to watch that. it because one of the blokes there, his father is now dating one of these girls. And it's the same program that's got Lauren Pope, who they call Popey. We've all got other names for her. She's the one who claims <laughs> she dated Prince Harry. Uh, she's Glamour Model, not brights brightest penny in a box. Anyway, she's just been dumped by Arge. Because, frankly, I mean, you couldn't take her anywhere. She's too cheap. Oh, really? The whole... It's just... It's just... I can't... Begin. I sat there apoplectic the other day because they've introduced us to a few new characters. When I say characters, they're real people, but what they're doing is... And they, they have said some situations are set up as an entertainment. Yeah. Do they write that at the beginning of the show or something? They or actually they? announce that at the beginning. That's and it also comes up as a as a graphic, you know. So it, it's 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 they're real people, quite clearly, unless they're employing robots. And frankly, in the case of poor Amy Childs, I mean, she's a bit robotic, poor gal. But they brought on this guy called Joey Essex. Yeah. Well, it's laughable, gay. Oh, it's, is it? It's it's I can't describe. He comes on and he's like, he's very drippy. He's very wet, but he's trying to pick this girl up, and. People were sending me emails yesterday saying, there's got to be a story there. This has got to be a wind-up. He's so camp, he had a spray tan the other day, wearing a little... You have to wear a hat, apparently, or something, if you're a man. And an Amy, thick as a Brit, sprays him with this tan thing. And he's so camp. And he, he makes Harry almost
1: look butch. And Harry's the little blonde. Harry's guy. the little blonde embarrassment. Yeah, I've seen him at openings at things. Oh, he's really an embarrassment. With Amy I mean, Charles, you... she was wearing a full-on kind of uh, ruffled dress to like a press night of a theatre. Drag, it? isn't it? Yeah, well, then I thought it. I was. thought it, it,
0: it does. I have <laughs> seen better dress drag. Yeah, I was going to say. It's just
1: this. Harry is is so camp.
0: It's just an embarrassment. But full it's stop. the hair, isn't it? That blonde. Well it's it's the way he speaks. Anyway, no. Like, no, I like. They're both sort of two peas yeah. in a pod. Thick as bricks. But anyway, so that's the thing I that think wound That would me up.
1: depress me. That would upset me.
0: You, you would get wound up by yeah, it. Yeah, I think But I the papers don't... are full of great stories today. Oh, yeah, are they? Katie Price is leaving the country. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she's going to go and pursue business interests in Argentina. Oh, is she? Yeah, Pricey Media is going to open up in Argentina. She's not, of course, because they've got loads of things like that in Argentina and they don't want any more.
1: They love a strong woman in Argentina, they love Eva Peron.
0: And that is true, actually. In fact, they loved her so much, her husband carried her around for years after she was dead. I I know that... And then she vanished in the war and her nose fell off.
1: He wanted wanted to open... He brought her
0: to London. Yeah. When she died, Eva Peron otherwise known as, how did she amass all that money when she came from the slums? (laughs) And the answer is, she was charging for it. And, oh, God, yes. Oh, the stories of Eva Peron. Anyway, she Mm. dies. He's (laughs) so in love with her, he has her embalmed. A new process of embalming that they'd never tried before. And then during the war, somebody nicked her. They stole her and they couldn't find her for yeah, years, you know, and and, years and years. what they'd
1: done, they, she was actually buried, I think somewhere, in, like, in Italy, under yes. the grave of a nun. And yes. I think they found her then afterwards. It looked like some paperwork found where she was. They then put her back on the television, poor soul. Yes, after she'd been dug up after in the After she'd 70s. been dug up. To see what she looked like, and her nose had fallen off, so
0: they yeah. put her nose back on. It's a do bit like I mean, um, the one at the Kremlin who's buried. No, isn't it? Oh, I thought you were going to say Daniela Westbrook. Well, Daniela Westbrook's <laughs> nose also fell off. But it was the most bizarre thing. He ca- he trawled around yeah. with her.
1: She came in a box. Because there was a revolution before he was actually going to build a huge yeah. um, uh, iconic. He was going to have her on permanent display forevermore mm. in Argentina. I'm hoping we could do the same to Imelda
0: Marcos. <laughs> you know, I'd quite like to see how much embalming fluid that one would take. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, woman who systematically not... robbed a country blind with her thieving husband. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was fascinating. Even Perron's story was great. It's, it's an amazing story. Yes. It's actually an amazing story. It's funny, isn't it, the things that people do for love. Yeah. It's like if you go down to Freddie Mercury's house, what was Freddie Mercury's house, just opposite Earl's Court. In fact, in a Little Muse that Tony uh, Blackburn had a house in, you yeah. could look out of Tony Blackburn's upstairs window into Freddie's garden. Uh, His wall is graffitiized, Not Tony Blackburn's, but yes. it's Freddie Mercury's fans trek from all over the world to write
1: graffiti on his wall. Well, you know who else had a big house there is Hattie Jakes. She lived just uh, by Olds as well, just up the road.
0: Oh, that she did. She had a flat yeah. there,
1: didn't In she? And she had a house. She had the whole house. Oh, it was a house. Her
0: and John Le Miser- I never had well, a house. Well, you know who has their house now? Who? Um, Gloria Haniford. Oh, really? In Fulham, yes. I've been there. Oh lovely. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, they had that house and um, I read the book about Hattie. Well lo- I'd love to have met her. I'd love to have loved met her. love well. to have talked to I wa-
1: her. I watched a uh, there was a Heroes a is a comedy thing on uh, oh, UK Gold and the day, Honour. and it was her and so it was all the people that ever worked with her. I love Hattie Jakes.
0: I loved Hattie Jakes. I thought she was great. She was one of those people who think, you know, had actually lived a bit longer than I could have had her for an and, in conversation. And the most
1: voracious sexual appetite as well. Really? She- oh a huge Well there you s- go. We have something in common. Uh, she, she, <laughs> and she had a very unconventional marriage with John Le Mejure, yeah, she did, But yes. She She
0: moved in her lover.
1: Yes, yes, she did. And then when they divorced, he took the, the bulk of the blame, so that there wasn't a scandal for her. And you know, of course, effect... in,
0: in Dad's Army, John Lemesure was going to be playing the part that Arthur Lowe played. Oh, okay. It was going to
1: be role reversal,
0: but it didn't work out like that. Well,
1: the lover moved in, and the lover took the master yes. bedroom with Hattie, and he took the room in the loft. <laughs> I love John Lemesure. Yeah, so do but I. they
0: had uh, in the in uh, Gloria's loft in Fulham, her son Michael went up there, and they found all this. All this cine film of Hattie on holiday, and they wrote to the Sun in America saying, "Listen, do you want all this stuff?" And he said, "No, I don't want her." So I think it was thrown out. Oh no! Because would it be would not have much much point in them keeping it. But yeah. I'd have hung on to it. Yeah, I'd have had it. Yeah, I'd have I'd have, taken I'd have it I'd off. Put it, you know, made a film out of it. Lovely stuff. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to detain you any <laughs> yes, longer because there's so many stories in the papers today, and I've had a week. <laughs> Can you push the button on the air conditioning at the top? All oh, of yes. a sudden, it's just getting a little bit warm. Is it come on? Is yes. it lit up? Are you sure? I'm
1: Okay. You were in the room with me, and it made me a little bit flustered. Well, it just,
0: just a fraction, yes. It's quite nice to be back, actually, because I've stored up so much hatred and bitterness. <laughs> I've I've got an opportunity this week. Oh, I got another delivery from Amazon. Yes. What yes. is it? Is it box set? Uh, box set. I've just ordered. Oh, you're going to think I'm stupid. Tom and Jerry's Christmas Capers. <laughs> pl- I know. Don't ask me why. I don't know, can't, I started watching Christmas stuff yesterday. You're mad, you are. I am quite mad. <laughs> you are really know, mad. And it's not normal, is it?
1: Um, Curve Your Enthusiasm.
0: Oh, ri- oh! i just brilliant. got rid of a set of that. Oh, it's great. I just gave it to my brother to eBay. Oh, why? Because I never watched it. Oh, it's brilliant. I you know, my, my friend Daryl says it. your brother. It's- oh, I can't now, it's gone. Oh. Anyway, lovely to see you. See you tomorrow. Do I think he knows about Easter Monday. I had a look at the schedule the other day for Easter Monday. He's got a marathon show to do. Do you know you've got a marathon show to do on Easter Monday? Poor soul. Anyway, um... Gosh, where were we? Oh, you know you've got a long show, don't you, Easter Monday? Easter Monday, that's Sunday into Monday. Five hours. Five. I love the way you know. do no, you read your emails? Hopeless boy, honestly. Thank you, Popsy. A little bit of a spring in your step this morning, a little bit of a worry. I don't know why. Are we in love or something? <laughs> like to check these things. Because since I've been away, it's only been five days, but I feel like it's been, you know, for eternity. And the one thing that I couldn't, I couldn't get over was the fact that, uh, oh, I, t- I discovered the other day, if you have not filled in your census form, this Wednesday, 30,000 inspectors are uh, let loose in the country. They'll be knocking on your door if you've not filled in your census form. OK, no excuses for not doing it. Up to a £1,000 fine. I know somebody where I live who's not filled it in. Just totally ignored it. Totally ignored it. 30,000 inspectors are going out on Wednesday. 30,000 of them. We're going to be making a lot of money out of this one because a lot of people haven't filled it in. And they have to. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. A third teenager, and 18-year-old, has been arrested over the shooting of a five-year-old girl in Stockwell last week. The youngster and a 35-year-old man were hit in a shop. They're both still seriously ill. Letters are sent later to some of the 1.6 million people on incapacity benefit asking if they really are unavailable for work. It comes as efforts are made to tighten up who gets benefits. A trial found in some areas a third of people checked were fit to work. Finally, Republican and Unionist leaders have united in condemning the killing of a Catholic policeman in Omar. Ronan Kerr died when his booby trap car exploded outside his house. His mother has urged other Catholics not to be deterred from joining the police. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Monday morning, it's Jay Louise.
2: Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Well, police are saying no problems to... Re-
0: this morning from 10... Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Monday morning. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast on LBC 97.3. No matter what you're feeling today... and Do you know that 65% of people yesterday didn't bother with Mother's Day? 65% of you went, oh, I've forgotten. I thought, How can you forget... How can you forget, unless you're particularly stupid or you're living on another planet? Because every shop window has got Mother's Day, every garden centre, you know, daffodils in pots and, you know, think Mother's Day. You couldn't get away from it. Mother's Day here, Mother's Day there, Mother's Day just about everywhere. In fact, when I went to Kingston yesterday, because I had a bit of a disaster, you'll remember, dear listener that uh, last week I'm sort of, I'm having a clear out, and I'm... I decided, there's no, if you have a clear out, spread it over a week. There's no point in upsetting yourself and doing it on one day. So I did an hour here, and then half an hour there, and an hour there, and a little bit, and it's, and eventually I sort of cleared. So I, I threw away about 20 years, finding things, going, good Lord, I didn't even know I had that, and put it away. And then I thought, I know, I'll nip out and I'll do some shopping. So I go out... And I had two things on my mind. I wanted one of those bath tidies. You know, it's chrome. You put it over the bath and you put your rubber duck in there and, and your soap and your bits and pieces. And you sit in the bath and it's in front of you and you can rest a book on it, whatever. And so I thought, I know, I'll go to John Lewis. So I parked downstairs in John Lewis and I always go to the second layer. Because you remember some years ago, I didn't realise I had two layers. Came back and thought somebody would nicked the car. Discovered I'd parked on a completely different floor. I've got no idea. I'm looking around for the car. Think, Hello? Where's the car gone? So anyway, so I go to John Lewis and I see this lovely duvet, and you know they always have like a display bed, and it was on there, and it was really, and I looked, I thought, Gila, I'm going to buy that, even though I must have about thirty duvet covers. I've got, I know, I've got duvet covers all over. The- I bought one for her that was in the gold, wasn't it? Do you know the nice thing about that duvet cover in the gold, which I bought from um, Dickens and Jones in Richmond, is it doesn't crease. I've had it, I've had it washed and and, and ironed and all the rest of it, and it does it. Whereas some of them crease to. Blazers. Anyway, so I see this duvet and I go, do you know, that's really nice. I'll buy it. So I take it home. Oh, incidentally, I also take home the bath tidy that goes over the bath. So I, I, I get the duvet out and I put it on the bed and I thought, "Tis nice, you know. Go to the, the dry cleaners over the road where they do my washing and ironing uh, in Kings. And, and I came back and I suddenly realised I, I got a duvet cover It was exactly the same duvet cover that i just bought. So I bought the same blasted duvet cover twice. But I'd forgotten, because I'm getting on a bit. So I bring the... And I'm thinking, oh, God. All right, I'll take it back to the shop. I'll swap it for another one. So then I, I take off the old bath tidy which has got... Because I suddenly realised I've got 50 flannels in the bathroom. Now, you might think this is somewhat excessive, but I've been out, and I keep forgetting I bought them, and I see some bright colours, and I only get them in John Lewis, and I bought another load, take them home, and think this is ridiculous. I need to put them on the bath tidy. So the, so the wind-up whale's gone out the window, and the submarine and everything else, and I've got a little model of the Titanic, which isn't, we've got a plug on the end of it, but that's another story. And so I go to... So I take this thing off, and I put the new one over the bath. It's too big! It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit my bath! And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I phoned a friend of mine I said, you know, I've just, I bought this blood. I I bought the duvet twice, and the pillowcases. I said, and now the bath tidy doesn't fit. And they go, well, they obviously make them for, perhaps you've got an old bath. I thought, I wasn't aware that bath sizes change unless you bought all these huge things. So so yesterday I thought, right, I'm going back to John Lewis. I'll finish here and I'll get through London quickly. Do you know, it takes me an hour and ten minutes to get from here to John Lewis because the traffic in London is abysmal. You know, all this cobbler's about, you know, we're going to ease traffic congestion. We sit at traffic lights in Piccadilly today on red. There's nobody anywhere. What is the blooming point? You know, come on, Boris, pull your finger out, for God's sake. Small wonder don't even get anywhere and we're all short-tempered. Anyway, so I drive back to to, to John Lewis and I go downstairs, because by this time, you know, the shops have opened and it's started getting a bit busy. I thought Mother's Day, they'd always sitting at home, sort of counting how many daffodils that they'd uh, they'd got. But anyway, they weren't, so... I go upstairs. Before I go upstairs, I get the, the the bath tidy thing out the boot, and I look at it, and it, it was not cheap. I'll tell you now, it was £95, because it's solid chrome. It's, it's really lovely. And as I look at it, <laughs> I rest it up against the back of the car, and I lean on it, and it compresses down. It's only bloody telescopic, isn't it? I mean, how stupid am I? So I take it out of the bag, and I pull it out. And I push it back in again, and I pull it out, and I, pu- I thought, this is just ridiculous, so anyway, so i i it's, it's now back in the bathroom, because I'd have looked so stupid if I'd taken it back and said to the girl, you know, I'm terribly, because they thought I was a bit odd, when I went back and said, I need to change this duvet that I bought yesterday, because I've already bought it, and they, they laughed, they, they, they laughed at me, <laughs> me, they laughed at, sad, poor old man, they said, sad, poor old man, and so, so I swapped it, but I bought another one, it's a Chinese one. And it's really lovely. It's all red and and oh, it's just div- not cheap. Hundred pounds, but that is the, the duvet cover and the two pillow. Well, the last one was sixty, and the pillowcases twelve pounds each. Could have bought a metre of the bloody fabric for that price, but anyway. So I've now got this new one. So I've I've opened it all up, and, I'm, and I remember I haven't bought this before. So I'm going to take it in into Day. and they'll then wash and iron it. Because apparently you're supposed you're not supposed to just put them straight on the bed. You're supposed to wash them first. You know to I don't know why. Well, I don't know I'm telling you that. a stupid thing to do. But anyway, so that was that. So, and then clearing all the, the rubbish. God, I tell you, the therapy I've had this week. The therapy. So, I couldn't even listen to James Max. You know, much as though half of my body was saying, you must wake up early and listen to the programme. The other half of me saying, no, clear the kitchen a bit more and go to bed. And that's exactly what I did. And on one day, I woke up and I sort of lay there... And, and I was just sitting in front of the television. I had a piece of toast, and I'm sort of staring at the television. It wasn't on, I was just staring at it. And um, and I thought to myself, do you know what, I haven't got anything to do today. I actually haven't got anything to do. I know. I'll just go and clear a bit more. So I went and cleared a little bit more, and, and then I thought, I don't need to do anything. I'm not having lunch till about two o'clock. I'll just have a leisurely morning. And I had a leisurely morning. If I smoked, I'd probably sit there with a cigarette, but I don't smoke. And and I'm still staring at the television. And And it's still not on. Because there's nothing to watch at that time of the morning. And so I'm just sort of sitting there thinking, do you know, this is actually, it's quite nice, this. Because I'm not very good at unwinding. I went to the Magic Circle on the Monday. Oh, God, forgot to tell you about that. So I go to the Magic Circle on the Monday because we take photos of behind the scenes at the Magic Circle. Now, there is a reason for this. Uh, A, because I've, I've been going there for 20 years, but I haven't been there for years because I can't, because I've got to go to bed early. And... They don't really get going to about 7, 8 o'clock. So last Monday, I went to the Magic Circle for the first time in ages. And uh, Scott Penrose and Jack Delvin, I know Jack's wife, Rosemary, is listening as well. And uh, had a really nice time, we took some lovely pictures, and they're up on the LBC website with details of a charity show that I'm doing to raise money for the Magic Circle. Now, for the life of me, I can't remember the date. It's up on the LBC website. I've got no idea. The, the reason I mention it is because what you'll get is close-up magicians. I think we've got about six or seven or eight performing. Uh, Then there'll be a stage show as well with people like Paul Zerdin, Graham P. Jolly, who you've seen at my other shows. And, uh, oh, we've got loads of people. We've got a a real good cast for you. So you get stage magic, but the nice thing is it's a very intimate theatre. It only seats 120 people. It's tiny. So we're doing two shows on, I think it's a Saturday, there'll be an afternoon show and then a, an early evening show. The show is suitable for 14s and over, because John Archer might be a little bit rude at times, but I'm hoping he's not going to be. And so if you go to the LBC website, there's a link on there, to the Magic Circle website, and then details. But uh, tickets are going very fast for this one, because it's only tiny. And uh, I'll be there comparing the show and hopefully giving of my flowering bush again, which many people have expressed an interest in. Well, I when I say people have expressed... Nobody's expressed an interest, actually, in my flowering bush. I'm the only one. Noreen went off to go and see, because it was Brian's birthday, The Wizard of Oz, and she said, I think somebody emailed you not to sit near the front, the first six rows, because you wouldn't see Toto or the red slippers, because they've built the stage up. But she says it was great to see Michael Crawford. Last time, she said, was in 89 in Phantom. It was a bit of an incident when a piece of scenery tore the curtain at one stage so we could see people walking on stage that we shouldn't have. But uh, anyway, I hope that uh, Brian had a really, really nice birthday. Which, uh, which is good. We take all your... Oh, bloody. Indigestion as well at this time of the war. Do you know, it's funny, actually. I haven't had stomach gurgling for a week. So expect it all to be happening now. Bryn and uh, Annie are up. Yes, my friend Daryl went to the Water Rats last night. Much reminiscing, he said, about great acts, Max Bygraves, Tommy Cooper, and a wonderful and screamingly funny double act of comedy dancers called Ted Durant and Hilda. It was a cod dance routine, and she frequently, literally, walked all over him, even when he was standing up. One day, she sprained her ankle, went to the doctor, who said, Hilda, where were you when you fell and sprained your ankle? She said, I was standing on my husband's head. Which is exactly what happened. Yes, I hope the uh, water rats had a, had a good time last night. Uh, Brian reckons that all MPs should retire at 50 and go to the House of Lords. I thought they did. I thought that's what happened to them nowadays. And... Um, he says, just uh, mentioned your early demise, Christo did. I know he's constantly saying that. He said, I thought you'd passed away. I mean, listen, if I passed away, there will be a day of mourning. There will, It'll be a state funeral. There will be an opportunity for people to pay their respects. It will be. I mean, it'll be. I'm, I'm, I'm having an open casket, I've decided. Yeah, everybody will be filing past. I want everybody in this building to file past. Everybody, and I mean everybody. And um, he says, do you remember the true story of Lynn Carroll who played Martha Longhurst in Coronation Street. She was famous for being the first death on the show. Anyway, a good few months later, she went on holiday, and whilst away, a false report circulated that she died. She was so upset, she returned home to quash the rumours. Several days later, she actually passed away. Uh, of course, Larry Grayson came onto the Royal Variety Show, and I remember watching him, and he says, I bet you all thought I was dead. Four days later, he was dead. He died. He said, I'm only here to prove I'm, I have not died. Uh, glad to hear Miss Price might be out of the country... How come the boyfriend is still here? I don't know. I don't know. And will Lisa Riley go back to, um, to Emmerdale? The answer is she might. London's biggest conversation. El- the only thing we've not got is cup. Sorry, I am just, I am just musing about whether to have a cup of coffee. And I've just bought this, I brought my own coffee in now. I bought these little files from Starbucks. You get about 12 sachets for about four quid or something. And I've, I've been drinking it because I quite like it. It's quite perky. I might even sell one to the producer. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, well, I have to pay for these things. She's already had four satsumas. Anyway, so Lisa Riley says Paul, who was Mandy Dingle, busy telling three satsumas. All right, three. There you go. Want a can coffee. Have a finger of
1: Kit-Kat.
0: Yes, you can have the Kit Kats. God, well. on, oh, myself. It's like feeding the five thousand here, isn't it? It really is. Honestly, did you not get this? Yes, you can have one of those. Yeah. So I brought a whole box in. Oh, so that yes, okay, pound. And. um... <laughs> Very reasonable. Very reasonable, I think. Very reasonable. <laughs> you aren't over-thrilled about Mandy Dingle coming back to Emmerdale? I don't watch Emmerdale. Oh, do you not? No. Oh, right. Oh, I quite like Emmerdale. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's a bit... It's, uh, I don't like uh, Adele Silver. She used to go out with Anthony Costa, and she's got one of those faces, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they say Lisa Riley is telling anybody because she's plotting her return as all her fans want her back. I, I mean, you see, I can see this. i tell you what I thought would be really good. You know, I, I, we were talking the other day, I was talking to some friends about Graham Cole, who was in the bill, as you know, for 20 years. 20 years, and then they decide they want to move on. To be honest with you, madness. sheer blooming madness. Because the one thing that people have with television programmes, and we were talking on the programme the other day, about uh, television presenters and the loyalty that fans have to them. So, in other words, it would make no difference... If Fern Britain's show was the biggest pile of rubbish since God created television, because people like Fern, and so Fern would attract fans, unlike Vanessa Foltz, who people don't like, and that's why they're not watching her on the. It doesn't matter what the content of the program is; it's whether people like the particular presenter. If they warm to somebody, you know, if if they listen to them all the time, that's you can't open the packet, can you? I can tell you're struggling with it. You've done it. It's really difficult. I know. I used to cut them with a pair of scissors. Anyway, so um. So that's... I forgot where I was going with that conversation, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So Adele Silver is in there, and... uh, sorry, Graham Cole, that's right. And I thought to drop him from from the bill was stupid, because he was a character. You go into most police stations, you'll find, you know, sergeants like that, and and people who are sort of, you know, and they're they're working... Well, not under this new government, of getting rid of all the police, you might as well say, we'll have gun-toting people on the streets. Oh, wait a minute, we have that already, don't we? More people, little five-year-old girl in hospital at the moment, because somebody opened fire into a shop... Open fire into a shop, if you... Where the hell are we living? So anyway, so I, I thought, because Graham used to feature all the time on Noel Edmonds' programme, and I thought you could put him into, uh, into EastEnders. I thought he'd be really good in EastEnders as an, It's going to sound really stupid, actually, but sort of a cop who's gone off the rails. An ex-cop who comes back and he's fallen off the off the wagon a bit. Because I think that'd be really good. I think that's a great storyline. Or failing that, he could be the local Bobby who moves into, into Emmerdale. Because they must have had a television. They must have seen him on the bill. They'd know who he is. You know, I just think it's a good idea. Anyway, I, I, I did complain yesterday and I got loads and loads of emails. Thanks, Popsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, merci. It's lovely, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a big cup. <gasps> yeah. quite, quite a lot of it. There is. A bit like a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> I'm loving that Heston Blumenthal advert on the television for that cherry pie thing. Oh, it's delicious. Never heard of balsamic vinegar, but anyway. And, um, yeah, so anyway. So I started the programme yesterday, being Mother's Day, I got two emails. One was from moonpig.com, because I've registered and I've got credit with them. Because they said, if you put 50 quid in your account, we'll give you 75 quids worth of credit. So I thought that was a good... So I've only ever sent one card... Because I don't know how to send, I can't do cut and paste. I'm not not clever enough. And also, if I listen, if I, if I buy the same duvet twice, you know, give you a rough idea. I mean, I'm practically going downhill even as we speak. But I get a thing from Moonpig: surprise your mother on Mother's Day. And I thought, you know, that that that's all well and good. But there's loads of people who recently have lost their mum, and uh, or who, who lost their mum a few years back, and it kind of, you know. Should they not be, and then I thought, I don't know, am I just being stupid about this? Should they not be a bit more sensitive to people whose mothers might be very ill and might be dying? You know, all sorts of things. Surprise your mother on Mother's Day with a moon pig card. I thought, yeah, she'll be thrilled. I'll take it round the crematorium. and You know, I'm sure we can sort of put it down there and she'll read it eventually. And, uh, and then I got another one from somebody else. You know, why not surprise your mum on Mother's Day? And I kept getting these blooming things. And in the end, I thought, oh, dear. And Paul had the same. He said, I got the moon pig reminder email, bad enough for me five years on, but really upsetting for somebody who's recently lost their mum. I know, I know. Well, that's what I thought, actually. I thought thought the same thing. Anyway, anyway, so here we are back in the fold again, and I haven't even touched the papers, and... Yesterday, we offered you the opportunity to say uh, Happy Mother's Day to your mum, and we got inundated, absolutely inundated, with people saying, oh, can you say, you know, Happy Mother's Day to my mum, and so we did loads of those, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people that we didn't get round to, so I thought this morning we might try and rectify it, and I'll say to everybody, uh, a little bit, you know, we have to say to you, Happy Mother's Day, belated for yesterday. Uh, love the handover chat, says, but I'm a bit confused about your reference to Eva Peron. Which war were you talking about when you discussed her widower, Juan Peron, hauling her body about in its coffin? She travelled with him all over the place. All over the place. After she died, she was the first one to be embalmed. And, uh, they used this new process. And then somebody nicked her, because they didn't want her, he didn't want her buried for ages. Such was the, such was the, uh... The, uh, the love that they had. So she, she went around with him in a coffin, in a, in a specially made box. I mean, it does, it does sound a little bit bizarre, but we've heard stories of this before. Uh, in the papers today, um, they've got the, three of the papers are running with the same story. This is Jeremy Clarkson's secret blonde mistress. And all it is, it's a woman who works on the, the team of Top Gear who, when they go round, she happens to share his room occasionally. And she said she shares his room, but then this comes back to the age-old question. Is it possible for men and women, unless the man's gay, to be friendly enough to share a bedroom without any hanky-panky? It's... Yeah, and the woman could be gay as well. I mean, But, but I mean, is is it actually possible for two heterosexual people to share a room without any hanky-panky occurring, if it's a man and a woman? And the answer is... I think it depends what they look like, doesn't it? I don't... I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, how they've actually said that... They have a picture of Jeremy Clarkson's wife, and they've got a picture of this woman here, who is a single mother. She says we're just friends. She's been touring, apparently, for years with him, and occasionally they share a room, but they share a room as friends. Because, you know, I mean, if, if I went away with a man, and luckily we didn't have the problem, you know, and we have separate separate floors, and uh, because all, all through the night... Steve... Trying to make sure nothing's going on but i mean that there would be the problem wouldn't there if you had been out and you've had a few drinks but it but is it that if you're really friendly with somebody nothing else can happen well the papers have decided that she is the mistress so they run with it on the front pages you know the wife must be thrilled because they're away in the caribbean at the moment and then there's a, a poor girl here Now, we do often pick on people who are overweight, but then when you see what they eat for breakfast and you see what they eat for lunch, they are people who are going to cost the NHS seriously. This woman here is Sophie Harris. She's got an illness. She has three normal meals a day. She doesn't eat crisps, chocs, sweets and cakes. Her brother does, and he's normal size. She's 28 stone. She can't... Stop putting on weight. And there's no reason for it. People call her fatty and chuck food, but she says, I eat less than my brother. I mean, gee, I don't know what sort of people would call people fatty, because, you know, I mean, it seems that, You know, you might see somebody walking down the street and think, you really shouldn't be wearing jeans. You know, but you don't actually tap them on the shoulder, do you? Well, perhaps you do. And then go, excuse me, from the, ra- from, from the rear, it, it's, not, it's not a good idea. It's like the other day, the, uh, the, uh, my big fat gypsy wedding producers were having a meeting. And they got invaded by some travellers who proceeded to, unfortunately, make themselves look deeply unpleasant and started shouting abuse and saying, our kids since this programme have been abused at school and had things shouted at them. I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, a television programme only portrays what people see. You can't make somebody look, you know, really bad on television. You know, unless it's careful editing. And this, this wasn't really careful editing. It was just a lot of people who were more than happy to appear on television and then complain afterwards when they didn't kind of get the sort of publicity they wanted. A little bit ridiculous in the same way of Mohamed El Fayed has put a statue up of Michael Jackson outside Fulham. What in God's name is he thinking? He said here, if some stupid fans don't understand, they can go to hell. I don't want them to be fans. They can go to Chelsea. Could somebody explain to me what Michael Jackson's statue is doing at Fulham? I mean, we know he went there once with, uh, with, with Fired because he walked about under an umbrella, and it just seems totally ludicrous. I mean, admittedly, he can put what he wants. He can put, you know, Snookums the Cat outside. I couldn't care, whoever Snookums the Cat is, I couldn't care less. But it does seem a rather bizarre thing to have outside a football ground. You know, different if he was going to be making an appearance or he was a lifelong member or something like that. But I can't can't see any logical reason. But it's up to him what he puts outside there. I mean, he can do what he wants. And people will, will criticise and they'll jeer and they'll laugh and they'll go, what the heck's that doing there? In the same way that James Bulger uh, was killed by John Venables. Uh, John Venables has just been allowed out on holiday. Jack Straw has just said, yeah, that's OK, you can go on holiday. Strangely enough... The, the secret life of the Bulger killer is outlined in the papers today. Uh, experts apparently were shocked that he was a paedophile. And yet all the, all the other people have said, wait a minute, all the, all the evidence was there. How could you not see that this was a, a mentally ill child? I mean, you do get nasty children. You do get nasty children. You do get evil children, mainly because they've had bad upbringings. You know, they either get dumped or they've been abused or whatever it happens to be. But uh, John Venables has now gone off on holiday. He's, he's done drug abuse. They, they've said here he's, he's a ticking time bomb. But, uh, and they've said he, he's, he's probably buried the truth. I don't believe people ever forget what they do. I don't, I really don't believe. I think you always, if it's something really horrendous, you're going to remember it, aren't you? So they've gone through the whole of his, his life here, as he's off on a, on a lovely little holiday. And James Bulger's mother goes through yet another year without her son. Uh Wayne Rooney was in the doghouse after his, uh, he swore on television. In the camera. It's a rather nasty piece of work, actually, Wayne. We never liked you, Wayne. I don't care. You know, you might be good, you know, as a footballer, but to be honest with you, you're a complete plank, aren't you? I don't remember the word I was going to use, actually, there. And uh, these love letters written by Elizabeth Taylor are coming up for sale. She wrote them to a 22-year-old bloke. She was 17 at the time, and they say it charts her rise of success. You know, She was 17. She wrote love letters. Come on, hands up. Who wrote love letters? OK, just me again. Just me. Did you ever write a love letter? Did you ever write a love letter? You see, it's... No. I, I think we used... I used to keep a diary. I used to have a five-year diary that one of my aunts gave me. I know. Well, actually, luckily I got rid of mine because it would have been horrendous. Yeah. Did you read it back? Oh, dear. Because then you go, oh, you know, madly in love with so-and-so, you know. Did they look at me and all this kind of thing. Oh, you wrote poems, did you? Oh, dear. I used to write, this diary belongs to... And you wrote your name on the front of it. <laughs> Yes. It's got all the, all the personal things in. Went to school today, didn't like Haley. you know, kind of thing. Haley and I fell out, bitch. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm. i just had a quick slurp of my coffee this morning. And, yeah, I used to moan about, yes, parents I moaned about. I think, But I don't think I wrote about moaning about parents, because all kids moan about parents. You know why? Because your parents ask you dumb questions like, Where are you going? I'm going out. Where are you going? I'm going to see Trevor. Do I know Trevor. Oh, God. Yes, you met Trevor. When? Have you got his parents' number? What? What? What are you going to do, phone them up? Well, we'd just like to make sure we know where you... And, of course, if you think about it, they just wanted to check where you were. I lied anyway. I didn't care. I didn't have anybody called Trevor, but I used to tell them I'm going to go round to Trevor's place. <laughs> and you come up with all these people. And it was an imaginary friend called Trevor. Also had a big white rabbit six foot called Harvey, but that's another story. OK, listen, uh, more of your, um... Your text and email's coming up in a moment, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Don't forget, if you didn't fill in your census form, there's 30,000 inspectors coming knocking on your door. So in other words, they have a list of all the houses who haven't uh, completed, and they'll be knocking on the door, going, where's your form? Because the fine can be uh, up to £1,000. Could be a nice little fundraiser. I wonder how many people get fined. Answer, I bet nobody. Nobody at all. I think last time it was about 34 people or something stupid. Quarter to six is the time. It's Monday morning, it's LBC. <laughs> These are the uh, headlines. A third teenager's been arrested in connection with the shooting of a five-year-old girl in Stockwell. The first letters are being sent out this morning to ask some of the 1.6 million people who claim incapacity benefits to submit reassessments. Ministers are suggesting that half a million of them could be ready to start work immediately. And underwater search teams have found the wreckage of the Air France plane that was lost over the Atlantic nearly two years ago. 228 people died when the flight from Rio to Paris came down. Check on the roads for you this morning. We'd like to get you there quickly. Jay Louise.
2: Thank you, Steve. Good morning. We're starting with the centre of town.
0: Ta- morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. Uh, Steve, we never received a census form. When we tried online, it said our address didn't exist. Well, that's good. You might have fallen under the radar. That, that could be a godsend, actually. And uh, Hillary says, great to have you back. Uh, Lynn says, I've just realised what part of my childhood you remind me of. Listen with Mother. Well, if you come down the magic circle for this special charity, do you, you, can meet Sooty. In fact, you can see Sooty on the LBC website. Sooty is on the... Well, I get you Sooty's autograph? No, Sooty is not signing anything at the moment. It's just does all silly things. Mike says, uh, talking of duvets, I have to set two alarms to wake me up. Uh when I have clean sheets in a duvet, I always sleep so well. I love changing the duvet. I love changing the duvet and putting pillowcases on and... and sh- oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Steve, I always thought ITV should produce a Bill spin-off where Tony Stamp and Sergeant Cry work as private detectives. I agree. I'll tell you what I missed, and I can't remember the name of the programme she did. Hyacinth Bouquet. It's Hetty Wainthrop. Hetty Wainthrop Investigates. I loved them. I thought they were brilliant. Steve, I've booked tickets for your show at the Magic Circle. Can you tell us where it is? Certainly can't. Can't tell. Secret. Secret. you have to find out. It's not for a few months, though, is it? But as I say, because there's only 120 seats in the little theatre, it's it's going to go fast. In fact, I expect it will it will probably go today. So, uh you need to sort of uh, get your skates on for that one. If you like magic, you know, if you like magic, and I've thought of a few tricks we can do with her next door. You know, it'd be quite good, eh? And... Uh, I could saw you in half actually, yes. but I could use you as an assistant at one of the shows, or something like that. <laughs> well, I you know, we could have you against a board, and then I could blindfold myself, set fire to the blades, and then just throw them wildly. You know, and, and presumably, if I don't hear her, uh, then we'll know she's all right. <laughs> no chance. Uh, Gary, good morning, Gary. Says very pleased you're back. I'm, I'm quite pleased. I feel as though it's been such a long time. I really do feel as though it's been it's been more than a... More than a week. At least more than a week. I do feel so sorry for the family of uh, of the murdered policeman the other day. His mum has said, uh, don't let his death be in vain, and people should still join the police forces. I mean, nobody's claimed responsibility for this cowardly act. Uh, An undercar booby trap. I thought we'd seen the end of this kind of thing. 99% of people in Northern Ireland said, we don't want to go back to those days. We really don't. Families torn apart, people being murdered in their homes. You know, what did he ever do? Didn't do anything at all. But the cowards who did it, you know, were the sort of people who hide by little masks and things like that. Big girls' blouses, I'm afraid. I mean, it's just just appalling, really, that you think. I mean, it's just this, it's mindless violence, full stop. Every day I open up the papers and there's another story of violence. I mean, when we heard about that little five-year-old girl who happened to be sheltering in a shop and somebody fires into the shop and you think, I'm... it's like living in a film, isn't it? It is like living in a film. Mind you, to bury people now, councils are now putting up the price of being buried. It's quite cheap. If, if you live in Telford, it's only £393 to get buried. How much is it in Lambeth? £4,950 to be buried. That's the cost of a single adult... I'd get the hell out of there as quick as possible. Lambeth, four and a ho- nearly 5000 quid. Merton, it's only £2,400. Uh, Rushmore, 2390 Where else? Um, Spellthorn, that's at Staines. Current fee, 2600 It's gone up 135% in two years. It used to be 1,492. Isn't that appalling? Spelthorne, ghastly place to live, honestly. What a dump. I to live there. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Uh, Brent, 2,400. Barking and Dagenham, 2,708 pounds to get buried. But Lambeth, 4,950 quid. Over in Rushcliffe, I don't even know where Rushcliffe is, but uh, 84 quid. Now, that's more like it. That's more like it, ladies and gentlemen. That's much, much better. I I did say the other day, I've decided I'm driving out of garages if their petrol is too expensive. I pulled into the motorway service station on the way back from my brother's the other day, and they had the audacity to have up the price 143.9. That's 144 pence for a litre. I thought, well, you can stick it where the sun doesn't shine, so I, I drove out again. I'm not paying that sort of price. I'm not. I think you should kick the uh, the company. So if you, I said yesterday, if you're setting out on a journey, fill up at home. Don't fill up on the motorway service stations, unless you know a cheap motorway service station, in which case that's OK, but uh, you shouldn't be paying these prices. We've just been told in the budget, another pack of lies, that the price of petrol's coming down. It's ridiculous. Uh, the, Steve, the statue of Michael Jackson was apparently ordered by Mohammed for inside of Harrods. <laughs> God, oh, but ghastly. Uh, before he sold the store, presumably he's now he's now got nowhere to put it. I believe it was going near the escalators where he had his face done in the Egyptian pharaoh statue. Well, actually, they're they're still there. The only thing that they've removed out of Harrods is the Madame Two Swords um, statue of Mohammed El Fayed, which was in the menswear. It was very frightening. And on all the uh, the Egyptian escalator, all the sphinxes, all the faces are Mohammed Fayed. And then it's got the other thing, Dodie, that was my tummy, Dodie and all the rest of it, which was equally tacky. So perhaps he had it, and he think, what should we do with it? I mean, you know, why didn't he take it home? I don't think Fulham fans want it, do they? Um, guess who Duncan Jones is? You'll never know who Duncan Jones is. I didn't know. He he had to change his name, because his dad's very famous, and his dad gave him what we, at the time, thought was a very silly name. His dad called him... It, it's David Bowie's son. Exactly! David Bowie's son, Zoe Bowie, or Zowie Bowie, uh, is now Duncan Jones. It's very interesting, actually. And he said, you know, I avoided showbiz. I saw what it did to Dad. Um, so he, he does something completely different now. Very interesting, isn't it? The, the kids in the face. There is a bloke here in the paper. This would get your blood going this morning. This is uh, a thug called Gary Smith. He's a rather nasty piece of work. Gary Smith threw beer over a police dog handler, then pointed his hand at him in the shape of a gun. Okay, Uh, It came after officers traced a car speeding from the scene of a fight to Smith's home and smashed down his door. He admitted assaulting and obstructing the PC and was banned from going out for 16 weeks. But three weeks later, he was back before the magistrates, excuse me, to beg to go on holiday. And magistrates said, yeah, you can go on holiday I mean, it's just pathetic, isn't it, really? He comes from Polgate. He showed the court a receipt dated weeks before the assault for a trip to take himself, his wife, and children aged five and six to Disneyland, Paris. The magistrate, Chris Hughes, told Smith that part of his punishment was deprivation of your ability to do this sort of thing, but he lifted the curfew, saying the court was mindful of the suffering it will cause your children. What a pile of garbage, ladies and gentlemen. So, in other words, this thug, because his children are suffering because their daddy's a thug, a convicted thug, they've decided to let him go on holiday. Don't ever let me run this country. I tell you, I'd be having a field. I tell you, there'd be... We'd be having the stocks installed everywhere. Every Saturday night, you know, the fun wouldn't be... I mean, I'd be closing pubs down, left, right and centre. Sorry, there's people here drunk. Close you down, lost your licence, OK? You've deliberately served somebody, which they're not allowed to do, who is drunk. You know, because alcohol is responsible for everything. Stocks, you're in the stock all night. Here are the rotten tomatoes, and you throw them at them, OK? Get all that out of your system. Oh, blimey. Anything like that That uh, bloke there. I'd have the kids taken into care, I'm afraid. Your father's not fit to be seen on the street. Absolutely not fit to be seen on the street. Just ridiculous, isn't it? Just ridiculous. So that's the, uh, that's the sun this morning. The mirror. Um, Kate Middleton is considering moving into Princess Diana's old flat. I don't think so. I don't think so. I <laughs> hope not, anyway. And uh, Jeremy Clarkson's secret mistress has been travelling with him. She's part of the team. You know, it's like you know. I've I've been abroad a couple of times with her next door. We're not an item. We're not an. Uh, we're not an item. Okay. We're not an item. Come on, honestly. Yeah, I'll break it to you gently. Why don't I? <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, she's in tears now. Girl, blind blimey. Oh, I love it. Ooh, you told me you love me. I've already picked out the dress kind of situation. Here's uh, David Beckham with a hairband on and he's taken his shirt off, proving he's still shaving his body. Because, you know, he shaves the uh, the body. Uh, so, because it means you can then see these ghastly tattoos, I'm afraid. That really are tacky, honestly. He does look a little bit trailer trash, but still shaving the body, Dave. I think the body's all that. My body's better than that. My body's a lot better than that. Uh, Fiona Phillips is talking about the tragedy of unemployment. And it's... Uh, they started this yesterday. It's, it's quite interesting. She's talking about redundancy. Tough for the over-50s. She said it destroyed Dad when he lost his job at 53 and and they look at all the different companies who, who get rid of people. You know, for some reason, they seem to think that 50 is the new 90. And they go, uh, we can get somebody cheaper in. But as anybody will tell you, you get better service out of the 50 year because they try harder. Because they've lived. They've lived. There's no point in sort of bringing in lots and lots of young people because they haven't lived, they haven't done anything. They've got no experience. No experience at all. You really, really need to sort of you know, look after the 50-year-olds, because they're the sensible ones. They're the sensible ones, not stupid little children. I don't know if anybody saw the BBC, So You Think You Can Dance, which is the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen on the television. Unfortunately, of course, I mean, the the bit that absolutely had me in convulsions was when Louise Redknapp, otherwise known as we've just taken one of those funny little Thompson holidays, well, we haven't really, but we took their money, Uh, she was described as a dancer and a pop phenomenon. Yeah, right, dear. In Your Dreams. It's hosted, I, a pop phenomenon. She was about five seconds in Eternal, and now her and her dreary husband have to advertise bread or games or something like that to try and eke a living out. I find it very sad. But a pop phenomenon. Oh, dear me. Louise Nerdin. Isn't it Louise Nerdin? Now she's Louise Redknapp, as was. But, uh, it's the most dreadful pro it It's got Cat Dealey, I think, on it. I think it might be Cat Dealey. And she's lived in America a bit too long. She's, be- she's coming over on anything I see her on as a little bit too smiley, smiley, carol, smiley. And it's not, it's not genuine enough. It's, it's, it's like doing anything that has got the, the name Colleen Nolan in it. It's got the word plastic, I'm afraid. Now our self-buttoning blouse business is burgeoned. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. It's Monday morning, traditionally your worst day of the week. Because you've had the weekend and the wet of yesterday... Mother's Day, it was lovely. There was no... Ra- I thought we were expecting rain. I'm sure I read out, or I read on the television or heard it on the radio somewhere during the week. They said, oh, it's going to rain, and it didn't. It was absolutely lovely. And uh, and today's going to be quite nice, too. Uh, Mary and Ronnie says, uh, is there a big shake-up at LBC? No, no, Clive's been off for two weeks. He's now back. He was back last night. And uh, petrie has got her new weekend show. They've moved the travel programme to 7 o'clock till 9 on a Sunday evening, and then... Uh, there's the In Conversation, which runs at nine o'clock to ten. So the one that was on last night is Stephanie Powers. You'll hear that again next Sunday morning between six and seven, and then there'll be a new In Conversation between nine and ten. So you get it twice. I'd still like you to podcast it, though, as well. And if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can have a look at the iPad, too. We had one of those to give away yesterday in the How Low. And, uh, And all the pictures behind the scenes at the Magic Circle... And the details of a special charity show. BB says, how can I book tickets? Uh, If you go to uh, the, if you go to steveallenshow.com, there is a link on there. But as I say, little tiny theatre. But if you like, if you like magic, uh, you get a lot of magic. A lot of magic. And also we will give you, um, we will give you uh, some sherry and some sandwiches as well. Wonderful. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Jim Shelley talks about Kerry Katona, the next chapter, cheap television in every sense. This week we were treated to the hilarious Kerry Katona attempting to act as um, she'd read a little piece for the benefit of the cameras. Because when the cameras are not on, I don't know, she must sit there and just, just depress herself because she doesn't say anything of note when the cameras are on. And this time she opens up the papers and discovers that there's a story about her ex Mark, because you know that she's milked that one as much as she can. And um, and then her agent summons her up to London. Why he just didn't pick up the phone like normal people, I've got no idea. So in an effort to try and pad this dreary woman's life out, they have to have her driving up to London and having a fake argument with her agent, who, of course, as she's the cash cow, is hardly likely to be dropping her anytime soon. Uh, in fact, they've also announced that uh, Peter Andrex and uh, Ellen Rivas uh, are no longer an item after four months. In fact, it was such a secret relationship, nobody told them that they were having one. It was just sort of made up in the press, and um, and so that, that's finished now because, well, Pete just doesn't have enough time. His agent says he's booked up for the next year, which must be amazing. Pete actually working for a change and doing something interesting. Perhaps he'll be designing an outfit or something for everybody, so we can all wear our shirts slashed open to the navel. But uh, I think uh, I think very unlikely. Uh, Caroline. Says uh, I lost my lov- lovely mum when I was twenty-five, and I still find all the stuff in the supermarkets and the shop quite hard. It, it, you just get you just get used to it, don't you? But it just seem a bit, a uh, little bit insensitive. Not that insensitive, but a little bit insensitive. Um, uh, there's one here. Uh, this is please say happy retirement to Mary, who works at the day hospital in Hornchurch. Uh, that's all we know about you, Mary. Mary is a lovely person and uh, always listens to the show. So, Mary. ...from all at St George's Day Hospital. Thank you. And that's from Sue. So she's going to retire. How lovely. You have a happy retirement. Actually, you're in the right place, actually, down in uh, in Hornchurch, aren't you? Because there is a show coming up, and I know this, and it's at the Queen's Theatre. And this is um, from a lady called Nora, who is the president of the official Elvis Disabled Fan Club of Great Britain. And they've got about 70 uh, members. And over the years, I've held Elvis tribute shows at the Disabled Day Centres and raise money to take disabled members to Memphis. They've got a show at the Queen's Theatre on the 6th of May to try and raise some funds for the Lennox Children's Charity in Romford. Please give us a mention, Steve, because tickets are moving slow and we want to get some bottoms on seats. So, Nora, who's the president of the official Elvis Disabled Fan Club of Great Britain, uh, the website is queens-theatre.co.uk. You know that because we have lovely Jan down there. And, uh, and it's on the 6th of May... So if you're a fan, an Elvis fan, and I know there's uh, thousands of you listening at the moment, then, um, then why not give them, a, give them a check-out? queens-theatre.co.uk You can find them quite easily on the website and the details of that uh, special show. So good luck, Nora. Hope you get lots of bums on seats, as they say. Uh, Nick Ferrari reporting putting bottoms on seats this morning as the government steps up its welfare reforms, this time looking at whether all people claiming incapacity benefits can actually return to work. It turns out, apparently, more than three-quarters of them are perfectly fit, but they've just decided that uh, they can't be bothered. So they're going to start means testing About time. They're very slow on things like this. I would just take everybody's away and then start from scratch again. You reapply, and um, we find out who's, you know, who's, who's, uh, who's not able to work and who is able to work. Uh, he'll be speaking to Cecilia, who's claimed money for ten years and is terrified she'll lose it. It depends if people are able to work. I, I, to be honest with you, some people I think just get into the into the habit of not working, and because they've always had it, and because there are so many people obviously in the uh, in the benefits office who are willing to sort of slide people under the counter, that's how people get away with it. It needs to be tested. It really does. Uh, plus, Boris Johnson, mayor of London, will be making a special announcement on the programme. Uh huh. Hope it's to do with the traffic lights, Boris. You know, can we have them flashing orange at night? I find it utterly ludicrous that coming in on a Sunday morning, I sit at traffic lights opposite the uh, statue of nurse, nurse Edith Cavell, which is just down from here, and, and there's nobody within 500 yards in any direction. We're sitting at red traffic lights. It's the most stupid situation. And also, did I see correctly the other day as I walked past Trafalgar Square? Have the tent city moved into Trafalgar Square now? Having kicked them out of Trafalgar, uh, Parliament Square, are they now down here again? Total waste of spaces. Uh, I'd love you to tweet me this morning. Oh, John uh, McEntee, journalist with the Mail, is coming in to do the the papers this morning. Uh, plus, um, we're t- oh, talking about PC Ronan Kerr. Libya. What next for Libya? Because all these things have disappeared off the front pages of the papers. We don't seem to mention the tsunami in Japan and the, uh, and the aftermath. And we don't seem to be talking about Libya. Uh, he will be talking, that's Nick, about Kate Middleton uh, the story yesterday was one of her school friends who said she was bullied at school. The school she went to, they said they did all sorts of things to her. And uh, we spoke about it briefly on the programme yesterday, because I maintain that everybody was bullied at school. Everybody. To some to some extent. It doesn't matter whether people just sort of pointed a finger at you, or you were too tall, too short, too this, too that, too clever, too stupid. Whatever it was, everybody got bullied to a certain extent. So they'll be talking bullying. 6.15. <laughs> News headlines, Holly Ford.
2: A third teenager, an 18-year-old has been arrested. Well now,
0: thank you, Clive, he's back again this evening on LBC. 19 minutes past six, so I'd love you to tweet me this morning, or text me. So excited. Actually, you can follow me on tweet as well, because I'm, I'm on tweet, quite clearly. Uh, on Twitter, sorry, on tweet. Do you see the mind's gone completely. I mean, the, you know, the body's given up, now the mind's going. Mohammed El fayed has unveiled a statue of Michael Jackson outside Fulham Football Club would you like to see immortalised in a statue? And before you go any further, I'm not accepting James Max, OK? I know that you'd like to see him as a statue, but no, we're not accepting any LBC presenters at all. So, as you've got Michael Jackson, although, as has been pointed out, this might have been the one going inside Harrods, and then he sells Harrods, And and then he's stuck with a statue of Michael Jackson. What shall we do with it? Let's put it outside Fulham. So quite clearly the Fulham fans then go, what the dickens is that? Michael Jackson and Fulham. Hello, did Michael Jackson ever play football? No, he didn't. Did Michael Jackson ever kick a ball? Probably not. What the hell's he doing there then? Answer, who knows? But who would you like to see immortalised in a statue? 84850 or LBC 973? 84850 or LBC 973. 500,000 people on sickness benefit are able to work. 500,000 people lying. 500,000 people are dragging this country down and we need to get them off benefits and get them back into... Do something! Do something, please! Mind you, you need to get out to work very shortly because the price of a first-class stamp has risen today. It goes up by 5p. Not 1p, not 2p... 5p. 46p. To be honest with you, I had no idea how much a first-class... We housed this question the other week. How much is a first-class stamp? Because they just have FIRST written on it. So the idea is, go and buy as many first-class stamps as you can, just with FIRST on there, because very shortly they'll be going up again, I should imagine. So now, a second-class stamp is 36p, and first-class is 46. I make that 40 pence for storage and 6 pence for delivery. Because apparently mail volume has fallen by 20% over the last five years. Very shortly, it'd be cheaper to go and deliver your own post. Strap it to a carrier pigeon, you know. Or failing that, you know, I mean, do you need to send anything now? You don't need to send cheques. You can do everything on the computer. Do people send letters now? Do people write... When was the last letter you wrote? The only thing that you ever send would be probably a birthday card. But you can now send e-cards. Do you actually need to use the post office? Do you actually need to physically go... They've moved our one in Twickenham. They've now shoved it. The building it was in was sort of... It's a dirty, horrible building, and it was shoved at the back, and the supermarket at the front couldn't afford the rent, so they've gone. So now they've put a porter cabin in. The sorting office in Twickenham, over the road from the station, the sorting office has closed, and it's all singing, all dancing, over by the rugby ground, which is in Witten. And uh, so they've stuck a... I mean, it must be a nightmare for pensioners, because before, you could get off the bus and walk straight into the into the post office. Now... You've got to take a different bus over the road from the station. You've got to walk down a ramp or stairs. must be really difficult. As I say, 46p now. Consumer Focus said customers will be extremely disappointed. I love that idea. I'm extremely disappointed by that. (laughs) Do you want to hear some of the language? Extremely disappointed. That would be an understatement, ladies and gentlemen. That's like saying, you know, Kerry Katona's programme is worth watching. No, it's not. It's the same dreary me, 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 boring old me. The woman who sits there, who, even when the camera is on her, hasn't got anything to say. It was a little bit like the Essex programme, where poor Lauren and uh, her funny little boyfriend, Mark, uh, who've now got engaged. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's so fake, it's unreal. But we know that a lot of the, the situations is just sort of made up anyway. And even when the cameras are on, they've got nothing to talk about. So imagine when the cameras go off, it must be even more dreary. Poor Lauren, who's got, you know, a little bit of a little girl's voice about her. Not as, not as dreary as poor little Amy, who really is stuck in the body of a three-year-old. I've got a six-year-old who's more intelligent than Amy Childs, and poor little Harry, is just an embarrassment, full stop, and all the other people on there. I mean, it is like looking at the makeup counter of Boots come to life. You've never seen so much makeup troweled on to people who, actually, to be honest with you, without it, Look even more unrecognisable. <laughs> 84850, steve dot And, um, 84850, steve And, oh, yes, posties have been ordered off their bikes in a bid to cut down accidents and speed up the delivery of mail. I quite like the postman on a bicycle. I mean, our put because I get so much post. uh, our, our postman arrives in a van. Although, vandals have graffitiised the side of it. I mean, it's, you know, the mentality of these people. Do you know what I'd like to do? If you catch somebody who puts graffiti on anywhere, I'd like to hang them upside down, strip them, becoming a little bit of a fantasy, I realise, and then just spray paint them. And say, I'm terribly so we're going to leave you hanging there all day. OK? Simple as that. Uh, 84850. Oh. Uh, nice to hear your opinions on Mother's Day. I lost my mum in November. Mary says, I'm very glad you're back. Makes ironing my husband's shirt even more bearable. Make him iron his own shirt. What is it, lady? We talked the other day about Mother's Day, and we were saying... (coughs) Excuse me. You know, what a shame that mums have to do everything. You know, not only many mums hold down a job, but if they've got children, they've got to feed them, clothe them, bathe them, get them ready for school, take them to all these different things like that, and do everything else. And still somebody goes, I have something to eat. We've got lazy children. Get off your bottom and walk into the kitchen. You've got legs... Go in there. So, Mary, make your husband iron his own shirt. Just throw it on the floor and go, I'm not ironing it. I am withholding my labour. I'm not doing it anymore. Learn to iron it. Good God, if you're in the forces, boys learn to iron their shirts at 16 and 17. You get men now sit there, oh, I need that shirt. Do you? What's in the wardrobe? Well, it needs ironing. Well, iron it then. I work at Westminster Abbey School, says Denise, and today is the last day. Then on holidays for three weeks, so I can listen to you. Every morning. Oh, I love Westminster Abbey School. I did have a bit of a disappointment. One of your uh, one of your boys. I was going. I was going out for lunch with a friend of mine, uh, who works just around the corner from where you are. And one of the boys would say, "And the shoe leather was falling off his shoes." It was, you know, it flaps. And you think perhaps his parents can't afford it. I thought Westminster Abbey school boys were sort of supposed to be very smartly dressed. I love going through into the back into the old houses there. That's lovely. One of my favourite ones. Uh, Fiona says, I'm one of the genuine ones on incapacity benefit due to rheumatoid arthritis. You say they should take it away for everybody to start again. How precisely would you suggest I afford to live? Well, you just get assessed, Fiona. Don't be silly. You get assessed again. If you're genuine, you get the money. Oh, blimey, honestly. you're not deaf as well, are you? That's what you have to do. At the moment, there's 500,000 people who can afford, you know, who can actually afford to go out there and work. Perhaps you're one of the ones who can't love. Well, you know, there you go. So they assess you and they go, yeah, that's okay. You've got rheumatoid arthritis. You're going to get your money. Okay? End of story. How do you. It's only going to be for a week, love. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm sure you better cope with it. You know, we've been through bigger things, haven't we? Perhaps you haven't. I don't know. Uh, Steve, I booked for the evening show, says (laughs) BB, on the 25th of June. Is it June? What are we up to now? April? Come on, blimey. We're into April. I cannot believe we're into April. Did anybody notice any April fools everywhere? No, neither. I didn't either. I didn't see any. And now we're up to the fourth already. It's really quite... And what is the fascination the papers have got with Emma Watson? Here, she's pictured with no makeup on. <laughs> is, is that seriously a story in the papers today? And uh, she's filmed adverts in Paris as the face of, of Longcom. Beats the acting, which, part, as far as I'm concerned, is pretty lame, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories. Nick Hamilton. This is uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, little brother made his debut as a racing driver. And bye-bye yuppies. Yes, the new ones now are savvy savers, are called the yufties. The yufties. These are young, ultra-forward-thinking savers. Yufties. Are you a yuftie? Probably not. But these are people who earn about £17,000 a year, but they manage to tuck away an average of £258 a month. They're yufties. Which is good, isn't it? I like to save i like to save a little bit. i like to save all my change. Except I went out the other day and suddenly I'd been for a parking meter, which was a little bit silly, wasn't it? But uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So, uh, nice one there. And here is... Why did I do this one here? Oh, this was the... Um, um, the gaping hole, which appeared in a plane's roof as it was flying at 36,000 feet and, you know, I've seen this on the television before. You get a hole appearing, 118 passengers going from Phoenix to Sacramento. It made an emergency landing in Arizona. Some passengers passed out in sheer pandemic. I've often wondered, actually. I thought, you know, you only think if that person who, who won from Portugal uh, 60 million pounds on the Euro Millions, and I couldn't be happier for them. I uh, really wish them the very best of luck. Thank God they're in Portugal, not here. And, uh, and I remember thinking, if you sort of opened up your email and it said, congratulations, you've got £60 million, would you pass out? <laughs> or would you just sit there and go, I wonder if that's real? Because I tried to brace myself for, for it. And, and I opened up a thing the other day and it said, you know, you've won. I'm thinking, mm, a lot of money, so brace myself, you know, have a small whiskey standing by, well, the bottle. And clicked on and said, congratulations, you know, you've won on the national lottery. 2 £2.60. £2.60. They had the audacity to write to me and tell me that I'd won £2.60. It was such an insult that I I nearly choked on the cream donut I was eating. It it was quite dreadful. News is coming up very shortly here on LBC. Steve Allen. Britain's oldest telly goes on sale today. It's working. This is from uh, 1936. It was bought three weeks after transmissions began. Expert Lawrence Fincher says it's a very rare thing. There are collectors who would love to have it. Pre-sale estimate, £5,000. But they say it could go higher. I love that. It's a Marconi type 702. Imagine if you'd kept all this stuff from years and years ago. How happy you would be. And uh, incidentally, the the government now tell us, or the Immigration Department have told us, they've lost 75,000 asylum seekers. I'll tell you where they are. They're driving mini cabs in London. They're working in restaurants, OK? It's not difficult. 75,000. I love the idea that somebody's denied access to the country and they say, if you'd just like to turn up at the airport. Yeah, right. I've seen it on the television programmes where they go, OK, so you've been denied access if you'd like to show yourself back here in a week's time. That's the last you ever see of them. They just disappear into the system. They end up working in restaurants. It's, it's easy. You can just lose yourself very quickly in this country. Daily Express are offering you a, a free chocolate bar today. It's the kind of thing you really don't need. The kind of thing you don't need. And uh, police will throw an unprecedented ring of steel around the royal wedding, with all guests having to go through nine separate security checks. It's all right, isn't it? I did see the tackiest thing the other day, the tackiest wedding souvenir. It's a phone from the Carphone Warehouse with uh, a union flag on the front. <clears throat> I do have it at home, it has to be said. And, um, it's, it's just... I mean, would you be buying any of this merchandise? I would love to know. Oh, Tesco is selling second-hand motors now. You can't test-drive them. Uh, they'll show you a video of it being driven, and you have to kind of gauge it on... does not saying very promising, doesn't it? I thought the whole idea of buying a second-hand car, says the person who never test-drive a car at all, um, would be that you actually get in it. But uh, you don't. Andrea Hill's in the papers. This is one of Britain's highest-paid town hall chiefs. This is a woman who spent money on a leadership coach in expensive hotels Has accused her critics of being motivated by envy. She's costing you over 200000 a year. That's £75,000 more than the Prime Minister. What a waste of money. Ridiculous. Uh, she sent a, a newsletter out to the staff. Um, she earns 218000 She said she's a good, good role model. Well, you would be if you didn't cost so much money. And, and a council making £110 million cutbacks has been criticised for hiring taxis to chauffeur tea and coffee to meetings at an office less than a mile away. I'll tell you, you need to get into local council to realise what a blooming waste it really is. Darren's got a few ideas of where to, uh, to go to to waste some time today. Because actually the kids are going on holiday very shortly, I believe. Are they not? I think uh,
2: half term's next week or maybe two weeks' time. I think so. Um, we've got this massive amount of holidays coming up with mm. Easter, the wedding bank holidays. The country's going to grind to a halt. So that means you've got plenty of time to go and see. This one's for you. I'll pick the Spurs one for you, Steve. I think you'll like this one. It's called the Cult of Beauty, the Aesthetic Movement, 1860 to 1900. It's at the VNA, and this is the movement of um, artists who believed that um, art should be beautiful, not just um, something oh. that should suit a purpose. So it's down at the V&A, and it's a collection of paintings, furniture, rooms, ceramics, photographs, as well as uh, interior designs. And it's people like Whistler, Rossetti, Lord Leighton, William Morris, Walter Crane, many, many others. who recognise a lot of the work. Nice. nice. Oh, statue. This is just up your street. Mm. If you're going to go at the weekends, book in advance. So just jump jump in the queue is probably the best time to go in the mornings, during the week, to avoid uh, the rush.
0: Yeah. I this think go everywhere first not. thing in the morning. It's so much easier, because you can no actually get in and either. out, and you don't have to sort of yeah. worry about things, like shopping or anything.
2: Yeah, avoid, or book in advance. Uh, mm. Zoo at the weekend, for example. But long queues, if you just booked online before you went and printed the ticket off yourself, you get walk straight in. Yeah. Um, this one you won't like, but some of your listeners will, at Tate Modern, Mirror Exhibition, opens next week. Spanish artist. is called The Ladder of Escape. 150 of his most famous surrealists paintings and installations mm. you've seen some of his stuff before um, mm. including a mobile that hangs from the ceiling he uses lots of bright colours like yellows and blacks and reds and it takes horrible things like ball fighting and all that sort of mm. thing <laughs> another one for you Steve going through your current clearing up um, session down at the Welcome Collection on the Euston Road this one's called Dirt
0: Dirt? I, yes. c- I can relate to this <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's their spring exhibition, and it looks at dirt and cleanliness and how the world deals with it over the centuries. 200 exhibits spanning visual art, documentary photography, ephemera, scientific artefacts. And they've recreated a street in Victorian London, a hospital in 1860s Glasgow, a museum in Dresden in the early 20th century, and they're looking forward to what a new York landfill site will look like in 2030. And right. I know what's going to be in the new landfill site.
0: In yeah, all of 30. my stuff,
2: <laughs> all of your stuff. <laughs> exactly.
0: Probably there already. I was thinking, actually, where will it all end up? All the stuff I threw away—eight bin bin bags, like garden refuse, big, full sadly. of rubbish, full sadly, of rubbish.
2: Yes, yeah, most of it will be in landfill.
0: I'll do you know? I away. discovered eight tins of paint that are that were so old they dried out. You even the carbis or something. Well, well, do you know? To be honest with you, I think I do. Yeah. I discovered stuff behind doors. I, thought, I didn't even know I had doors. And there was stuff oh. hidden in there. And I remember thinking, good grief, what is all of that? Found any asylum seekers yet? No, but merely time. <laughs> merely time. I've yet to do the spare bedroom, so there could be anybody living in there. There was that couple, oh. wasn't there, who actually went down to their garden shed and discovered that, that there was an Albanian asylum seeker who'd been living yeah. in their shed. Absolutely. And not only that, he plugged himself into the mains and had everything going there. <laughs> there was a bed, food, and, and they didn't know he was there.
2: Well, I'll go and see dirt at the Welcome Building in the Eastern Road. Opposite the Welcome Building is something called the Magic Circle. And it says here, someone called Steve Allen doing the Magic Circle mysteries.
0: Yes, to raise so, money for the Magic Circle. It's a charity
2: night. All right, okay. com for more information on that. Tomorrow, the Deutsche Börse Photography Prize opens on the Marylebone Road. Now, the Photographer's Gallery has moved while they uh, repair their old, uh, current building. So this place is taking place, this exhibition is taking place in the Ambika. Uh, gallery on the Marylebone Road and features work of the four finalists Thomas Demand, Ro Etheridge, Jim Goldberg, and Ilad Lassery. And finally, the Kapow Comics Convention and Cult TV uh, convention is on at the Business Design Center this weekend. We've got quite a lineup of staff turning up to do signings for this one, including Kenneth Branner. Imagine oh, um... him turning up to a comic convention.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Uh, Joe Cornish and the Carlson creators for many shows, including Skins, The Misfits, Merlin and Being
0: Human. How nice. Thank you so much indeed for those. Pleasure. Okay, we'll talk to you uh, on uh, on Sunday. Looking forward to it already. Thanks a lot. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can see the pictures of behind the scenes at the Magic Circle and at the special charity evening that I'm hosting down there. But because it's only tiny, th- it's about the size of this, you're, well, you can see, there's, there's a picture on the LBC website of how small the theatre is. very nice. And you get some really, really good close-up magicians, including John Archer and Duncan Trillo and uh, Paul Zerdin, ventrically which I'm really looking forward to, and Graham P. Jolly and lots of really, really good close-up magicians. I did say yesterday, well done to the new Magic Circle close-up magician of the year, and that's John Vanderputt, who is very, very good indeed, very good. Uh, Joy tells me a lot of post offices now in WH Smiths. Yeah, we've got one in Richmond, except we don't have a W. H. WH Smith in Twickenham. I think, I can't remember, did we have it? No, I don't think we did, actually. Uh, Mike says, I'd like to see Jordan immortalised in a statue, but made of a material that she couldn't break out of. I know, that's a bit like the man in the iron mask. You feel like putting her in there, together with Kerry Katona, or anybody from The Only Way Is Essex. As I say, you hard pushed to find so many stupid people in one programme. Ray says, we need the postal system if you get anything via Amazon or eBay. Well, you could, you could just have it done private. Amazon could set up their own thing. Wouldn't they? I suppose so, Right. Mary says, you're so right, my husband should iron his own shirts, but when I told him what you said earlier about ironing his own shirts, he just laughed. Well, well, well. why don't you just give him the shirt and go, ha, oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, and give him the iron? And see what happens then, and just, go, and just go, I can't lift up the iron, I don't have the strength in my hands. Connie has offered to do all the ironing for me. I have uh, people who do the ironing for me. I have a very, very good ironing service. I haven't ironed for years. I cannot iron for love nor money. I mean, I, I could probably do it, but it's easier to take it to the, the dry cleaners who do washing and ironing. And I didn't know they actually did sheets and things like that. Because, I mean, to do fitted sheets, I used to, years and years ago, how sad was I? I used to put the fitted sheet on the bed after washing it, and I'd iron it on the bed. I put the iron on cool, and iron, iron the I mean, how's, how's that? Mind you, I used to iron socks and pants. It's not normal, is it? Not normal. Well, actually, I mean, whoever said it was normal. But, uh, but now kings do it all for me, which is great. And, uh, Thomas does the dry cleaning bit. I'm sort of... I'm all over the place. Actually, I worked out the other day. I can walk through Twickenham and probably say hello to about 15 to 20 people in a day. Quite, you know, quite... People say, oh, Steve, I've got something for you. And they rush home and they bring me back a DVD of Mickey Rooney and things like that. Uh, Lois says, my son went to Westminster Abbey Choir School. Such a special time. He sang at the Queen Mother's Funeral. A cheering thought, isn't it? What did you sing at? The Queen Mother's Funeral. Which, of course, erm... was Diana's funeral was the Queen Mother's, wasn't it? Because she died before the Queen Mother, and they didn't have anything in place, so they used the Queen Mother's. Uh, Sonia says, you missed the April Fool story about severe snowfall threatening to spoil Will and Kate's wedding. The Queen had apparently consulted experts who were going to freeze large clouds over Westminster Abbey and Buckingham Palace so the royal couple <laughs> wouldn't get wet. Do you know, I watched the television the other day, they were looking at some country and voting or something, and they had Snow. It's April. Snow in April. I'm looking at a picture of this 75-year-old television set. Do you know it's worth every penny of the five grand? It cost £100 when it was new. Unfortunately, it was sold to a Mr Davis of Dulwich. Unfortunately for Mr Davis, his local transmitter burnt down three days after he bought the set. And so he didn't actually get any broadcasting until 1946. So it was ten years after he bought it. But luckily for him, he didn't throw it out. And it works perfectly. It actually gets admittedly in black and white, but it's still... Do you know, a collector would... Put, I reckon this will go for three times that amount. 5,000? Good Lord. A co- this is in perfect condition. It's walnut and mahogany. The, the problem is the screen is only 12 inches. Now, that's only about two and a half inches bigger than the new iPad 2. So it gives you an idea, and we all used to huddle round... Well, I say we all... I never did. I'm sure the people listening used to huddle round a small 12-inch in the corner of the room. I know that my, uh, my, my mother in particular uh, used to tell us about... They didn't have a television, but they knew a woman next door who did. And people would go round there and huddle round watching somebody else's television. Imagine, can't you? Huddling round a 12-inch at my mother's age. But there you go. Quarter to seven. With headlines, Holly Ford.
2: A third teenager has been arrested in connection with the shooting of a five-year-old...
0: I forgot to do a Mother's Day thing yesterday to Sarah from Jay, Jack and Harry... And it, it, it came, unfortunately, it was sent at 9.26 yesterday, but arrived with me at about half past ten. Obviously, there was a lot of people sending text messages yesterday. So, Sarah, who I know very well in Twickenham, from Jay, Jack and Harry, happy Mum's Day yesterday. Very exciting. And uh, please wish my mum, Mima, a happy 80th birthday today, says Sylvia, and tell her her present is under the first seat cushion of the left-hand sofa. She's 80. She's not going to find it, is she? She's going to go down there, her back's going to go, and she could be there all day. It's under, the, it's under the first seat cushion. What is it, a piece of material or something? What on earth can you hide under the first seat cushion? I'm now intrigued by this. I've just had a quick check on my star signs for today. And this is what Laurie Reed says for Pisceans. Keep your feet on the ground. It's great to dream of untold wealth. This is so true. This is so true. To wish you were rich and to imagine living the A-list lifestyle. I do live the A-list lifestyle. It says, given your huge creative potential, there's so much you can do to improve your lot. I can't improve it anymore. It's not possible. Dreaming's okay, but putting that dream into practice is even better. I do. She knows me so well. Call me at a premium rate to hear when a domestic arrangement falls apart. Ha! No chance. No chance. Although, actually, strange enough, this week I've heard of uh, two people I know whose relationships have collapsed. It must be me, because every t- every time I get to know people, their relationships collapse. It's terrible, isn't it? Charlie Sheen did a live show the other day and got booed off stage. In fact, it was so bad, he was so incoherent and started rambling that uh, the audience were walking out, I'm afraid. Uh, Mike Tyson wants to be a knockout actor, the self-styled baddest man on the planet and convicted rapist. Uh, has a cameo role playing himself in a blockbuster comedy. How can you put a man there with tattoos on his face on it? I mean, just ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Uh, Hugh Grant popped into a pub, had a pint, and then and then forgot to pay the tab. Don't you normally pay for drinks as you have them, don't you? Who can set up a tab. It's only five. It's only five pound forty though. It's only five pound forty. Uh, the landlord says a couple of guys asked for his autograph, and I assume he got distracted. He'll be gutted to think that he forgot to pay the bill, especially when somebody goes to the papers and can't wait to, uh, to tell them, uh, which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, Loved-up Katie Price, good Lord, she's still dragging herself around, apparently, is uh, planning a fiery reunion with her Latino lover, Leandro Penner, the one who doesn't speak any English, and, um... We must be due. I tell you we must be due, actually. A new celebrity come dine with me. Ever since I discovered when Diane Abbott was on there, she got paid £3,000. What a waste of money. And uh, even worse the other day, even worse, Louis Spence. Louis Spence. Do you know that Louis Spence lives in a council flat? The money he's earning, and he's in a council flat, should there not be some sort of means testing going on, whereby if you're earning a lot of money, and he's just come out of pantomime, so he must have earned a small fortune with everything else, should he not be giving it up to somebody who's a bit more deserving? Should you have somebody earning that sort of money in a council flat? Well done to Michael McIntyre. As I said yesterday, tickets for his new tour for next year have gone on sale. It could net him £20 million next year. And, of course, the reason he's put next year on sale is because he's going to be on Britain's Got Talent and he's using that as a springboard for doing the show. So next year, 20... How much money do you need? How much money... Do, well, twenty million is quite nice. But he made, what was it, 8 million last year for the DVD? 8 million pounds. I mean, admittedly, if I brought out a DVD of my show, I'd probably all... Uh, 8 pounds, I should imagine. Uh, Mohamed Al-Fayed has unveiled a statue of Michael Jackson outside of Fulham Football Club. Who would you like to see immortalised in a statue? Sensible answers only, please, to 84850. Or tweet me at LBC973. Mohamed Al-Fayed's unveiled a statue of Michael Jackson outside of Fulham Football Club, who would you like to see immortalised in a statue? 84850 or LBC973? I'm so excited. Just to even tell you that. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of the paper and and I'm sort of thinking, it does look quite ridiculous, actually. Faintly ridiculous, the picture. Nice to see Amanda Holden uh, back to her best again. She was turning up uh, to the Britain's Got Talent auditions. Uh, it's after she lost the uh, the baby, but smiling again. So that's nice to see. Always happy when we see people smiling. And, uh, what else was... It? Oh, yes, apparently, I said the other day, they're thinking of bringing back, well, they are bringing back, because Channel 5 have bought it. God knows why. Big Brother. And, to be honest with you, uh, the reason it was dumped by Channel 4 was because nobody was watching it. It was dire. And so, strangely enough, Channel 5, which has dumbed down so far that even, even poor Matthew Wright looks embarrassed, um, is thinking of bringing it back. And they've got all sorts of various people. Oh, and we were proved right. Do you remember um, Josie, who was on Big Brother, who was going out with John James... And uh, I revealed exclusively on the programme, because it was so funny, she was on the front of OK Magazine, because she started living this vacuous lifestyle in a magazine, where they write about everything, you know, Josie sneezed today, Josie broke a heel, Josie broke a nail, Josie did this, Josie did that, Josie has a fake pretend wedding, so he can film it and prove that her life isn't really as stupid and as vacuous as you think it is. And then you look at Kerry Katona's and realise that they couldn't become any more vacuous than poor old Kerry Katona, until you look at Jordan, and then you look at The Only Way is Essex, and then you look at Josie, and I Was happy to inform you that in fact John James had uh, picked up his skirts and skedaddled back to Australia, and uh, unfortunately, OK magazine took about a week to get round to that story. And then, of course, you get devastated. Josie's shock split. Whereas, in fact, if she'd listened to the programme, we could have told you he was seen at the airport going, "Bye, thank God, bye." Because his parents obviously said, "You're not going anywhere near that girl." I mean, listen, what, what sort of life is this, to be in tabloid newspapers and things like that? Uh, another April Fool, Rob Brydon imitating a famous radio presenter. I heard about that one, actually. Uh, it's, it's quite a good idea. Quite a good idea. It wasn't me, of course. Not that I'm a famous radio presenter. Uh, Stephen Yorkshire, parents are angry. This is the children's holiday timetable for April. Easter break, 1st of April to the 18th. Back to school for four days. Then Good Friday and Easter Monday off. Back to school for three days, then Friday the 29th and Monday the 2nd off. So in April, they're at school for seven days. Yorkshire must be the only place, says John, where the kids are now on Easter holidays. (laughs) We used to love the holidays. Do you remember? I mean, I don't know whether you you've got the... Our holidays used to go forever. Used to go forever. Um, Barbara says, how wonderful the 1936 TV set still works. Not for much longer, though, what with analogue signals being turned off all over the country. I don't know, I've still got analogue. Has everybody else still got analogue? To be honest with you, I've not even thought about it. I'm too busy watching Blu-ray and trying to work out how how things work. Did you read the story in the paper about a woman who's just been to the Dignitas place in Switzerland? She's 84. She wasn't ill. She just decided that, you know, she'd had such a miserable life. She didn't want to live any longer. She got to 84, though, and uh, she died yesterday. She She went there to take her own life. But she wasn't ill. And I think to myself... You know, it's, it's a shame, really, isn't it, when people say, you know, I just can't be bothered. So she left a note saying, you know, she had a great life, and, but she just wanted to finish it. And I'm thinking, God, blimey, I relish every day. Every day I run down the road. <laughs> well, I say run. I skip sometimes down the road. I she laughs at me. When, I, when I, was, I was demonstrating my running the other day, because I used to be, surprisingly, um, in, my, in my heyday, quite athletic. In fact, it was said by many people that, you know, that that's Steve, he's more athletic than you'll ever see in your life, you know. Makes budgies look a bit sad. But, I mean, I was, I'd was bounce up and down to an early age. High jump, long jump, crawl, backstroke, you know, Fosbury flop. All I did the whole bit. And then magically, at the age of 17, it kind of all stopped. And I ceased playing rugby and I ceased doing all these kind of things. But uh, I, I could be getting back into it again, actually. I could be. I, I did miss, and thank you, Paul, telling me about Ollie Murs who was on the... Uh, they seem to be pushing him around a little bit at the moment. I think it's, it's too big a climb, too big a drop. That's what, I, that's what I fear will happen. And Wayne Rooney and his disgusting foul-mouth rant on live television. Disgusting. But there again, was it ever thus? Sadly, uh, no more time. We have to go home, don't we? We have to go home. We'll do it again tomorrow morning. Please do not forget to podcast. Please do not forget to go to the LBC website and check out uh, all the details of the Magic Circle and that special charity show which I'm hosting there, very close up. In fact, you will get to see me very close up. Uh, I might give of my flowering bush. I haven't quite decided yet. So you can learn how to podcast. Details of the show is on there and all the other things. And have a look at the iPad 2 which we gave away yesterday in the Howlow. I'm back again tomorrow morning. Don't forget to podcast the show. Read the blog. Nick and the team with you are to seven. First of all, the business update with Holly Ford.
2: The FTSE 100 resumes trading after closing up